Welcome to the Health Fix Podcast, where health junkies get their weekly fix of tips, tools, and techniques to have limitless energy, sharp minds, and fit physiques for life. Hey, health junkies. On this episode of the Health Fix Podcast, I'm interviewing Cody Watkins. He's a fitness coach who helps busy professionals lose 20 to 30 pounds in 90 days without giving up their favorite foods. Say what? Yes, Cody simplifies things at a level that, you know, a lot of gurus out there just aren't doing. He meets people where they're at and up-levels things one step at a time. And so today we're going to be talking all about his principles, his thought process, and his experience. So if you are looking to make some changes that are sustainable with your health and fitness this year, you got to listen to this podcast. Cody knows what's up great guy, had a great interview, and I know you guys are going to enjoy this one. So let's introduce you to Cody Watkins. Hey, Hell Junkies, I got Cody Watkins on today. And boy, we've already had a great conversation before we hit record. So you guys are going to love this one. So Cody, welcome to the Health Fix Podcast. Thanks for having me. So, you know, when someone is fit, we always look at them and we're like, wow, I want muscles like them. That's amazing. And it sounded like that was kind of the thing that got you into this. You're like, I'm not taking my shirt off at the pool. You know, I'm kind of scrawny. And then you had a surgery. Gosh, tell us what what fueled that fire to to want to get fit and help others too. Yeah. So when I first started, I was I was pretty young, 16, 17 years old. And I think what a lot of guys go through at that age, you get, kind of get that skinny fat body. It doesn't really... Mm-hmm really sure what it wants to be. So you got a little bit of man boobs. You're trying to swim with your shirt on, you know, get in the water neck deep real quick. <laughs> not, not super comfortable, right? But when you're not big, you're more like a skinny fat. No, nobody's going to look at you like you need to lose weight, but it doesn't mean you're comfortable in your own skin, right? So I did, you know, some crazy diets when I first started the tuna fish diet. And I last like three days eating nothing but tuna. And then I finally started just reading and getting into nutrition. And that's where I had my, my bigger results. And I started getting into fitness a bit more. So then I did some competitive powerlifting, competitive bodybuilding. I started doing personal training when I was like 19. I was a top trainer in the region for a large corporate company, opened my own studio, online training, all that stuff. And so I competed bodybuilding for 10 or 12 years, something like that. And then transitioned more into a little bit of normalcy. But on the last side of that, I was prepping for, you know, my last bodybuilding show. And uh, I found out I had a birth defect on my heart. So I, I... I had had side effects for years, but when you're fit and healthy, you're walking in the doctor's office, you know, six to 10% body fat, they're not going to look at you and think heart problems. They're just going to look at you and think, oh, he's healthy. He's good. And so that's more or less what it was. And so I had a, a birth defect in my heart. It ripped, tore. My heart was three times the size it should be. I was down to 10 to 15% heart function by the time they cut me open. So that's like wow. a, a, a year to live, right? So not, not super good. And so they cut me open. And when I got out... I was, you know, you're always in that dilemma. I, I've been in fitness 15 years straight at that point. I, I didn't know any other life. And so you don't know if you're going to be able to even do it, what you're going to be able to do when you get out. And so you hit a little bit of an identity crisis with that. And I thought to myself was, you know, obviously like if I'm allowed to, because I'm not going to blow this thing out, you don't really get another one of those that I would do a bodybuilding show just to see if I could, right? See if I still have it. And so I ended up competing about 11 months after I had open heart surgery. And, you know, I ended up winning first place of that show. It was pretty cool. Uh, that was down to 5% body fat. That's when I kind of hung my, my trunks up, so to speak. But it, it showed me that you could still come back from things like that, right? On the extreme. 
And so I feel a lot of people get derailed by just little things. And I'm like, well, if I can come back from something as big as, you know, getting filleted open and heart failure, right? I, I'm sure I could help other people address their issues that may or may not be quite as large as that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's incredible because it, it is true. Like, we'll look at folks who are fit. We'll look at folks who've got great amounts of muscle and be like, oh, there's nothing health-wise wrong with them. They're fine. And then, you know, that was probably a pretty huge ordeal for sure for you to kind of even fathom in your brain. And I think, you know, a lot of people when they're diagnosed with cardiovascular stuff and having, you know, folks who are listening, he was talking about 10 to 15%. This is a ejection fraction of what's coming out of your heart and pumping through your body. A lot of folks will have, you know, cardiovascular stuff happen and they'll be like, oh, I can't work out. I, I can't be fit again. And and I bet you're seeing some folks who, who have gone through those kind of things just like you. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as I started, uh, you know, coming out posting about it, my my inbox was full of people that had heart stuff because the doctors they they come from a liability standpoint, so they'd rather tell you don't do anything than have you do something and have the probability of having like a lawsuit come back in them. So, you know, like you have to be pretty specific with your questions when you're asking them because if you say can I work out? Well, they're going to assume like squat, bench, deadlift, heavy, intense. They're going to say no, just because they don't want to get sued. But if you're like, well, can I do like a bicep curl? They're going to be like, well, yeah, I guess you could do that. Well, can I do like a tricep thing? Well, yeah, I guess that's okay. And so if you kind of itemize your checklist, you can get away with a lot more than you think coming out of recovery and surgeries like that. And it's, it's really just a matter of not throwing in the towel, you know, kind of like TMI, but they talk about pressure, right? Valsalva maneuver, holding your breath, that increases pressure. It can, you know, if you're having like a tissue valve or something, it can rupture that if you're getting that fixed on your heart. But you ask them a simple question, you're like, well, if you're taking an intense poop, it does the same thing. And then they go, well, yeah. So were you never supposed to take a crap again? Like, how, mm -hmm. how does that work? It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so you got to think like in context of the doctors, right? Like they, they have your best interest at heart most of the time, but they also have the not getting sued aspect in. So don't be afraid to pry ask a few more questions when it comes to it, because sometimes the answer they give is more blanket statement mm -hmm. that is specific to you and your case. That's that's wise information, because I found the same thing. Like, you know, yes, there's the cardiovascular programs where they'll put the folks through the bikes and the treadmills and whatnot, which yeah, that's nice. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm asked often and, and I, I can think of one patient in mind right now who is always kind of asking me, like, what kind of fitness routines can I do? What can you know, what's what's realistic? And the the truth is, is I think we overcomplicate all of this. And it's something that you had mentioned in terms of fitness as a whole. And of course, you know, my thing is, Number one, yeah, yes, there's food, but number one, I and, and you know, people can argue, oh, 80% of your success or 90% of your success is nutrition. Yes, but movement is such great medicine. So, mm -hmm. so tell us, Cody, a little bit about you know how you're helping folks simplify. You know, mm -hmm. what what are you kind of given as the baseline when folks come in and say someone's never worked out before or they have minimal experience? Yeah. So the key is, is to not bite off more than you can chew. So I, when it comes to anything, it's like, how do you eat the elephant? Mm -hmm. Bite at a time. You try to eat that thing in one bite, you're going to choke. Mm -hmm. And so I think when a lot of people start out, especially, you know, this time of year, New Year's resolutions and all that, I'm going to work out six days a week. I'm going to eat chicken, rice, and broccoli. I'm going to do I, I'm gonna, nothing healthy or everything healthy, nothing bad. And the thing is, we all know that'll work. 
But you have to ask yourself the question on the backside, is that something I can stick with? And if the answer is no, congratulations, you've bought your one-way ticket on the fitness roller coaster where you're going to go up and down and wait for the rest of your life. So if you want a consistent ride on the direction you want, what you have to do is break it down to the basics. So like you said, movement is a key importance to that. So the, the, where you have to focus, you have nutrition first because you have to have a calorie deficit in order to lose fat. So we do have to put the emphasis there. However, movement and working out will have a two punch combo. So although yes, it probably is 80% nutrition, 20% workouts, movement, all that. How many people go to the gym and bomb their nutrition? Well, you don't want to ruin that workout, right? So it's kind of like a way to lock your nutrition in. But when we're coming to starting with basics when it comes to weight loss and that endeavor what we want to do is focus on three things so number one is just basic movement this is going to give you between 10 to 20 percent of your metabolic rate for the day as far as expenditure but this is it can be as simple as step count so if you're wearing like a fitbit apple watch anything like that take a look at what you're currently doing and if you're only doing like three thousand steps it is unreasonable to shoot for 10 you might get it on a flicker but that's not something you can keep consistent so ask yourself like could I do a thousand more, which is roughly 10 minutes of walking a day? It's not crazy. You're like, yeah, probably. Cool. Let's start there. Check that box for a couple of weeks. And when that's going good, then throw on some more. And you're like, well, yeah, I totally think I could do that. Cool. Then you go to the next one. So you go water intake. So like three of these guys a day for most people up to four for some, right? 96 to 128 ounces. That's a 10 to 20% metabolic boost after you're drinking the water. So if we can get Stairmaster burning calories sitting on your butt, let's do that. That's way easier than driving to the gym and getting the stairs in. And then from a performance aspect, if you're going up to the gym and you're dehydrated as little as 3%, it can affect performance 10 to 20. So you might think you're going up to the gym and just crushing your workout. But if you're going up there dehydrated, you're going up there in like third gear. You got another gear or two in that gearbox you haven't even tapped into. So imagine if you would actually be training hard, how quick your results would be in comparison. So we want to check those two boxes. And then the third would kind of fall under nutrition, but it's going to be protein intake, right? So this isn't really focusing on calories or anything at this point. If I have a person just starting out, just protein. And usually I'll shoot for about a gram per pound of lean. A uh, gram per pound of body weight is usually a good metric to aim for. Obviously, if you're like a three or 400 pound person, you don't need three or 400 pounds, but so somewhere in that ballpark, right? And then you aim for this. And so the biggest thing is if you eat protein first, you're going to eat less of everything else. So it's almost like an automatic diet because if you're full, which protein increases satiety, you will eat less of everything else on your plate. So if you just simply shifted the focus to what you ate first, it's going to go a long ways when it comes to it. Protein is also going to help us with metabolic rate. It takes so much energy to digest. You're going to get that 20 to 30% metabolic boost over carbs or fat just by consuming it. And then third thing is you can't build muscle without it. So if you're looking for a lean tone body, a metabolism where you can eat more than 30 calories a day, let's focus on the protein so we can actually get some more volume and food in there, right? And once you check those three boxes, you notice how I haven't even said like, go into the gym, get on the Stairmaster, do anything like that. These three boxes alone should start to get that scale moving down. And then obviously for sake of lean tissue, energy, body functions, yes, we want to get the training in 100%. And I'm laughing, folks, because you said 30 calories, because yes, it, it it's wild. You know, I will see it where women are barely eating anything and their weight is not, you know, shove, you know, anything, nothing's happening. It's like stagnant, but protein 
hydration, you know, the foundations are are so important. And I think Cody, one of the things that folks are probably got in the back of their head right now, because this is always the the question I get. What if I can't eat that much protein? Do I have to do protein shakes? Oh no. What do I do? Give us the scoop. What's your like protein spiel for folks? When, when we go to eat it, you said, eat it first, then, then what, you know, how, how does it look? What's it, what's the plan? Well, the first thing you want to do is not just do boiled chicken, right? So if we, if we make the protein taste good, it's a lot easier to do. So the biggest thing is I would break down, like write down your five, 10 favorite foods. And then what you try to do is figure out how can I make these into a protein meal? Right. And oftentimes it's really, really simple. Now I'm a huge advocate for shakes just due to simplicity because most people, they get behind on food, which makes you hungry. And when you're hungry, you're making bad decisions. Mm -hmm. And so you peruse the cupboard for food that is just quick and convenient, or like you're on your way home from work and you're like, oh, I don't want to cook when I get home. I'll swing in and get some fast food when really you're going to sit in that drive through just as long as it would have took you to warm up a, like a pre-made meal from Costco that's got 40 to 50 grams of protein. And so having the easy, convenient proteins at home, that's step one. Two is knowing how to make better decisions and get, getting ahead of that hunger curve. Mm-hmm. Don't get your meals so spaced out that you're starving by the next one because you'll make terrible decisions. If you're kind of hungry, you're pulling through the Wendy's drive through you can go, cool, I want a grilled chicken sandwich. All of a sudden, it's better than a you know double bacon, bur- baconator, fries, and a, and a frosty. And you can do that because you're in a logical state of mind. You're not overly hungry. Right. So the, the little things go a long ways. And then don't be afraid to use shakes. Like people look at them like a supplement. I think of them, just, it's, it's like blended chicken, right? Like that's all we're going to think of. It's a food supplement. And so it, they don't usually keep you full. So if appetite's the issue, absolutely find protein to eat. But if you're someone who's not hungry... It's really easy to drink a 25 to 50 gram shake in between meals and get that number where you need it. So like me, I'll do, I do two solid meals a day and like five shakes. It's just with my schedule, it's easier when you come from bodybuilding, you've ate a copious amount of calories for too many years. And I frankly just don't like to sit there and eat my life away when it comes to it. So I I, I drink my calories for sake of ease. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's put it this way. A lot of people will tell me like, I'm so sick of chewing. And, and yes, I get it. It's, it's a thing. So two questions, what is your favorite brand of protein powder? And, and, you know, if folks can't get a hold of that brand, like what, what would they want to be looking for in that department? And then the other thing is like a totally separate question, but I, I totally want to dive in on it is fasting because I feel like fasting can be beneficial, but if folks go too long and then they get hungry and then they're baconating and all the other things, no boy, no. So let's talk about, let's talk about protein. I really like the second question, but we'll get the protein one out first. So with protein, I actually came across Amazon's brand, the NutriCost, which is like the most budget friendly brand. And I bought it just because I was sick of Costco, you know, being out of stock or cranking their protein bag prices up like 30 a bag. Cause you gotta remember I'm going through like four or five tubs of that stuff a month. So I'm like, yeah. when I see a 30% increase in something, I'm like, maybe there's something more effective because Whey proteins are very similar when you're going brand to brand to brand. A lot of these, I got buddies in the supplement industry. A lot of the companies will tell, oh, we have this special, unique whey. There's like three or four factories that actually produce it. So they're all buying it from roughly the same source. Now, there is quality issues, obviously, between different brands and stuff. 
but I don't think for the common person, it's going to be much of a noticeable effect. Now, with the whey proteins from Amazon, like that chocolate peanut butter is delicious. I was actually shocked that the cheap brand tasted better than the stuff I had buy been buying for years. Flavor is very subjective. So you could try it if it works for you. Cool. If not, there's many, many other brands. But when it comes to, you know, women specifically, I don't mind doing a concentrate, which is the cheaper form of it, strictly because your protein demands are not that high comparatively to like a male. And so concentrate will have a little bit more fat, a little bit more carbs, but neglectable, right? On, on a smaller frame. Now, when you get a larger individual like myself and we try to elevate our protein with that, that extra carbon fat will hit your calories hard and it's harder to manage it with the hunger levels, mm. with you know, having to drop carbs or fat somewhere else with it. So for most ladies, that'll work good. Now, some people have food allergies and whey is not a super common one, but if you do, there's, you can do a beef protein, plant proteins are usually like my least favorite when it comes to them. I see a lot more food allergies, heavy digestion and things like that with plant-based protein. You're trying to take something that's not a complete protein and fortify it with a bunch of other stuff to get it to be. So just personally, I'm not a huge fan of that. If it's your last resort for digestion, absolutely that'll work. But that, that's my go-tos for protein. Now, if you're someone who's super lazy, buy the, you know, the premieres from Costco, something that's already in a bottle. Because if it comes to having to put it in a shaker and mix it, and you it's five in the morning and you're lazy, you're not going to do it. So you need something you can take in a car, pop the cap, drink 30 grams down. You'll pay the convenience price for it, but the flavor is good. It's portable. You don't have any excuse not to get your protein in. I, I like that. I like that. I mean, I know a lot of folks will like nitpick and be like, but what there's this in it and that. I mean, we I think we've gotten and this is where the simplicity I think we've gotten to nitpicking stuff way too much to the point where now we're analysis by paralysis. And sometimes we just need to know ourselves really well, pick what's going to work for you and move on. Absolutely. Now, on the fasting one, this yeah. one, this one gets interesting for me because mm -hmm. I am actually a hardcore anti-faster and this is why. So I owned a DEXA scan business for three, four years. So oh, I have like a thousand plus people. Okay. Out of every, and for those of you who don't know, a DEXA scan is like the most accurate body fat test. It's a bone density machine. They'll scan it. An x-ray machine will scan you in the hospital, test that. But it technically checks your fat and your muscle tissue, just they don't put that on the printout in the hospital because it would make you kind of edgy going in there and you don't probably want to know it at that point. But I own that, ran that for a few years, and I've seen thousands of scans, right? And so with this, every single person I had doing fasting, or not I had, that came in doing fasting, lost a massive amount of muscle for minimal amounts of body fat. And so not saying that there's not benefits for, you know, cognitive, gut flora, all that, but short-term interim. So you have to weigh your pros and cons. So I had two guys, for instance, and we'll keep them anonymous, but we'll, we'll give you the, the data here. And so with this, they were fasting for religious purposes, right? But they wanted to see what their bodies did with this fast. So they did a week-long water fast, right? So maybe some chicken broth, right? But like, again, not, not a thing for it, but no food for a week. And so they came in and one of the guys was li was lifting. The other guy wasn't. The guy that wasn't lifting lost 15 pounds in the week. 13 pounds of it was muscle. Two pounds of it was fat. The other guy lost 17. 14 pounds of it was muscle. Three pounds of it was fat. So each of them losing over 15 pounds actually increased their body fat percentage because they lost so much muscle. 
And so the problem is when you do this chronically over time, you reduce that metabolic rate because you're um, shaving off lean tissue. And then what happens is the minute that you go back to start eating normal, which you will eventually, you're going to gain weight with a vengeance because your metabolic rate is so slow because you strip the lean tissue down trying to get a quick fix on a problem. So when it comes to fitness, you guys have to remember there, there's no finish. You don't get in shape and you go, check, I beat fitness. There's finite games, like if we're playing checkers, and then there's infinite games like life. And fitness, nobody beats it. Nobody wins. You win fitness by keep keeping doing it. And so when you try to carve out like a finish line, invariably, if you can't stick with it at the end, it's going to come back. So you have to start with the end in mind and have something that you can sustain for the long haul. Now, there's periods you want to ramp it up and do that. Absolutely. But at the same time, if we take an approach that shorten or that enhances our quick results, which is scale weight loss, but is actually negative in the long term, it's not going to set you up for success as a whole. And again, you'll get right back on that fitness roller coaster. And the goal would be to increase lean tissue as much as we possibly can to elevate that metabolic rate so that you never get fat again. And that's the name of the game. Huge, huge. Um, I mean, right now I'm like speechless only because I'm like, can you talk to everybody I know um, <laughs> on that? Because, you, you know, yeah. please, please. That's what we're doing right now, guys. Um, because I, I believe in like 12 hours or so between meals to like give your body like a rest. Right. But I do. I see so many of my patients going like, okay, I'm doing this fasting thing, but I'm starving. And then, you know, and, and of course I've tried it. Cause I, I'm the N of one. I will try anything. Oh, you gotta try it. Absolutely. Yeah. At least for a minute. But what I found is I'd get so hungry if I was trying to fast, then the next thing, you know, I'm eating everything in the house that I wouldn't have ate. Should I, you know, if I would have kept with my usual situation. So, you know, I ultimately found that it doesn't work like the long periods. I'm good 12 or 14 hours. 16 on like the far end but if i start going over that we're in trouble like well i see i see the issues even with those durations tends to be that window of day left mm -hmm. gets really hard to get adequate protein and take off mm -hmm. so, although like you might feel gut heavy with protein spacing out throughout the day when when a girl your size is trying to do you know 50 to 70 grams of protein in a sitting just to try to crank those meals up that's gonna set like a brick especially you know, and you can see data on, on vegans with this. I'm sure it happens chronically with fasting as well, but everything in the body is adaptive responsive. So if we're chronically telling the body that we don't have anything in our stomach, it will start to slow down the HCL production. So then when you try to throw in more protein, you can't actually digest it. So it's going to set like a brick. And so it depends on where you're at, because from like a health standpoint, if we're just talking health and longevity, absolutely. But when we throw like the fitness component into it. So if you're trying to have like these influencer bodies, you got the toned abs, the nice looking glutes, buff arms. It's really hard to live that double life. And so not saying fitness isn't healthy, but it's healthy in a different manner. Right. And so from the from a standpoint of survival and all that, absolutely, there's benefits to it. But it's a pro and con with your goal. So it has to align with that in order to really, really be directionally correct. That's a huge, that's a huge statement right there. Because I think a lot of people aren't thinking about, you know, most women are like, I just want to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. You know, un unfortunately, ladies, I'm probably not speaking for all of you, but I'm speaking for a lot of you. You know, the reason we're going to work out, the reason we're going to do stuff 
is we want to lose weight. And one of the big things Cody and I were kind of joking about this time of year, ladies will come to me and go, doc, I want to do a fitness competition because I saw so-and-so do it. She's super ripped. She lost a ton of weight. And I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. What's she look like now? Um, and if they kept doing comps, probably all right. If they bailed on it, I am a comp failure. And, and we'll talk about why if, if we get to there, but yeah, I couldn't do it. So let's talk about fitness and, and fitness training and, and kind of giving folks the, the, the dirty secret on yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's not as glamorous as it looks online. So when you see these influencers, they're, they're peak shape. When you get behind closed doors with them, they're, they're going to be some of the most broken people that you would ever meet. They're, they're just as insecure as someone who's overweight and all that. Like it doesn't necessarily fix the problem unless you, you fix the problem along the way. Now I'm not bashing them in that regards, but I don't necessarily think it's a healthy goal to strive for. So when you start to get super lean, especially as a female, you're going to stop your cycle. Hormones go to garbage. You get a male who'll have almost no testosterone production at the end, unless he's enhanced in some way, shape or form. So it's not healthy to be stage lean. It's not healthy to look like that. It's not, it's not healthy how you necessarily get there. And so if you just want to dip your toes in, get some cool pictures and come out, cool. Good for you. Absolutely fine. But if you're one of those people that wants to stay there and be there, it's not going to feel good. Your joints are going to get achy. You're going to have no energy, no sex drive, appetites through the roof. You're constantly fighting hunger. And, and it's just, I don't feel it's a good place to be. And unfortunately too, in the days of social media, a lot of those pictures you see guys are Photoshopped. And so even though that person will be lean, right, those pictures, their abs are airbrushed in and all that. It's not a candid photo. It's good lighting. So you, you have a goal that really they're not even at that you're striving for. And it's, it's an unhealthy relationship with it. And so from that aspect, it's not good. Now, you might be able to light your fire, do a competition, do all that. Absolutely, which is great. But the problem you're going to end up being is from what I've seen being in this industry, you know, 17 plus years, competitors have a three to five year shelf life and then they're done. So the women will look great, do nine, 10 shows a year. And then their bodies, they start eating less and less and less two, three hours of cardio a day, 900 calories because their metabolism is so slow from chronically dieting. And when they get done within a year, you can't even tell that they ever got on stage. I've had competitors that were competing, you know, 110, 120 pounds they come to me as like, you know, post competition survivors and they're two, 300 pounds uh -huh. and you would never guess it. And the problem ends up being is the extremes they had to do to get there. They are so afraid of doing again. They can't even take that first step to start where really when you're up to that two or 300 pound mark, not working out, eating fairly terrible, you don't have to start with anything crazy. You could be going to Burger King every day and switch your large fry to a small and grab a diet Coke instead of a Coke, you're going to lose one to two pounds a week just by doing that. And so the little things add up to big outcomes when it comes to it. But the problem is that fear, because competition prep was so brutal, they felt so terrible for so long, they won't even take that first step to start it. So the simplification process is the same stuff we would use on like a rebounding competitor for a new person to start. Because what we want to do is we want to look at fitness like a job, not that you have to hate your job or anything, but I would rather go to a job 20 hours a week, get paid for 60 in results, than go for 60 and get paid 20 in results. And so if you're going up to the gym six days a week, eating rabbit food, chicken rice, broccoli, the works, and your body hasn't changed in months, you, you're, you're volunteer work right now. You haven't got a paycheck versus if you start out, go two, maybe three times a week, 
eat good and see amazing results, now you're set up for success because you can keep doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so Cody, you know, you bring up so many different things, obviously, you know, not everyone's looking for the competition, but a lot of folks and, and I get texts, emails, you know, phone calls from women. I've been doing this plan for two weeks and I haven't gotten any results. I haven't lost, you know, the hundred pounds I'm trying to lose. And, and, you know, of course I'm always like, kill me now, <laughs> kill yeah, me yeah. now, because it's like, you know, we, we, we try as humans, I think a lot of us, you know, this first part of the year, we'll, we'll like go gung ho on all of it, right? We'll go organic. We'll drop all, you know, we are never eating bread again. We're never eating a pizza. And, yeah. and like you said, even the changes of just like Burger King swapping out the things. What are some of the other like common swaps that you recommend for folks? Just, just like something that folks can get a sense of like, oh, okay. So he's talking about these kind of things sequentially, and then we'll get into some of the fitness. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to this, we will cook maybe one to two meals a week here. Everything else we buy pre-made, pre-cooked at Costco. So I hate cooking. My wife isn't especially a fan of it. She's obviously better at it than me, but we get things that come in a microwave that, or sometimes you got to have cook them, that have the macros, the healthier nutrition that we need. So in Fred Meyers, Kroger, Albertson, they all have these sections in there that'll have these high protein meals that are between 15 to 30 grams of protein, roughly two to 300 calories a serving, but it's normal food. So what I always suggest is Figure out what you like to eat and figure out a way to make that healthy. And so if you're eating a sandwich every day, they have bread that's less calories, bread that's lower carb. You haven't switched the food you're eating. You've just switched a couple things on it. And this goes a long way. If you're loading it with mayo, maybe you can get away with just mustard on it. All of a sudden you've saved 200 calories. That's almost half a pound of fat loss a week just by doing that. And so don't, don't neglect the little things that can get you a big outcome but the biggest thing is it's preparation. So when people think they have to eat chicken, rice, and broccoli, they dread it. They never do it because it's too hard. So if you go to Costco and you can get you know, grass-fed beef lasagna, and you're like, wait a minute, I can have lasagna and diet? Yeah, it's a calorie game, right? Okay, you can have brisket. You can have taco bowls. You can have tacos. You can have burgers as long as you get the numbers right. So if you were making burgers like for your family and stuff and you were using 80-20 meat and you literally just switch that for 93-7, you're going to save 100, 150 calories by eating the same exact food. So before you've even done anything different, you've got a quarter pound of fat loss a week just by that one subtle little switch. And so this stuff can go a long ways for you without making you miserable. So find the food you enjoy, figure out if there's a pre-made healthy option that takes the convenience out. If not, figure out a way you can cook that stuff, kind of prep it ahead of time so you don't get home and let the hunger monster make your decisions. Huge, huge and easy to think through. Easy to think through because I think a lot of people are on the complex of, okay, I got to eat. I mean, women in particular were like, all right, that's it. Salads for the next six months. And and that's the thing that that people say to me all the time. They're like, all right, doc, so then when do I get to eat normal food again? And I'm like. <laughs> well, on the salad thing too. So there's a there's a restaurant down in uh, uh, Vancouver, uh, Billigan's Roadhouse, I think it is. And I still remember this because I would have family that would go there and they would get the Cobb salad. And, you know, Washington started listing all the calories on at restaurants too. Uh, yep. Was that Cobb salad had more calories than the burger and fries. And so you might go somewhere thinking that salad is healthy, but by the time you put the cheese, the dressing, the croutons, you would have been better off eating a burger and fry to lose weight than the salad. And so it's not necessarily about what you're eating, but it's more about the numbers of what you're eating. Because at the end of the day, 
we all know like an apple's healthier than a hot dog, right? Like it's, it, it is what it is. But if the calories come out less than you're burning, you're going to gain weight. If the calories come out or it's more than you're burning, you're going to gain weight. If they come out less than you're burning, you're going to lose weight. Right. And so it's a numbers game at the end of the day. So when you can remove that emotional component of it and just look at it for what it is, it becomes a whole lot easier. So especially when you're trying to plan food and stuff, take you out of the equation. If you were trying to help your friend Cindy lose weight, what would you tell her to eat? Right. You wouldn't tell her, well, peruse the cupboards and eat this. You'd be like, okay, that sounds ridiculous. Maybe she needs to have protein for dinner, right? Because people will do more to help other people than they will to help themselves. Yes. Oh, we are weird that way, but that is, <laughs> that is such a thing. So I think, you know, for food now, I think folks have got some good tips and they're kind of like, oh, okay, okay, I can do that. What about in terms of fitness? Now you were talking about things, the the base and the foundation before even stepping into either a gym or working out. And I know you do online coaching and I don't know if you're still doing in person anymore, but what's what's kind of the, the get started fitness kind of recommendations you'd have folks kind of think through? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ladies, don't go on the cardio first. Get on the weights. So your first thing when you go to the gym, you're like, oh, that's man's land. I don't want to do that. That's where all the meatheads are at. And you beeline over to the treadmill and you walk at a 2.8 and you do it for three months and you wonder why you're not getting toned because you're going to the gym, but you haven't done any of the gym things in the gym. So what we want to do is focus on lifting first and cardio if we need to speed up fat loss after that. Now, from a health standpoint, right? Doing cardio, absolutely healthy. But just from a weight loss standpoint, we don't need it. You only need it if your nutrition's out of line and you're trying to compensate or your metabolism is super slow and you're trying to crank it. But somebody first starting out should not need a copious amount of cardio. Now, the thing is, if you're someone who's training zero times a week, is one more than zero? Absolutely. So do not think you got to go up there five, six days a week, one to two days a week, if you're getting progress off that, losing a pound to two pounds a week, tightening up, toning, I'm not a fan of doing more work than necessary to reach my goal. So I would just keep riding that out until it sticks. And then if it starts to slow down, okay, cool. Maybe I'll throw in another day. But don't be afraid to go on the weights. And the other thing too, we're, we're in a society where, you know, it's, it's sexy on YouTube and Instagram to say like, people are getting made fun of in the gym all the time. And I have been in the gym living there for 17 plus years. So 12, 14 hours a day in the gym. I have never seen someone get blatantly made fun of out in the open. Maybe somebody posted something online. Maybe they were, you know, muttering under their breath to their buddies, but I still haven't seen it. And I've worked with over 2000 people who have yet to give me a complaint of it happening to them. But online, it's really cool to be like, oh, these guys were making fun of me when I was heading towards the treadmill, right? And I've seen it in the gym where like, I have a, I have a client when I was doing in-person training, we were laughing at something like, look at that machine over there, right? Pointing, and somebody walked by and they would think we're talking about them because their own insecurities, right? We're like, oh, fit people looking my direction and laughing, I'm getting made fun of, but they weren't even on the, the playbook, right? When it came to that conversation. So when it comes to like that fear, you're thinking people are going to get made fun of the people are not up there in the gym because they're comfortable about their bodies. 99% of people in the gym are not in shape. They're there to get in shape. So you got to remember we're in America like this. This is one of the fattest countries in the world per capita. So the odds are that the people in the gym all look like meatheads and bodybuilders. It's very, very thin. 
And I have seen more people, you know, three, 400 pounds go up there, get on the treadmill, work out pretty consistently, get praise from people than I ever have get ripped to shreds. So like you see someone up there for a month and you're like, good for you. Like, I am so glad to see you up here. Mm-hmm. And so don't, don't let the internet stories keep you from getting on the weights. Cause you're worried about being on like a YouTube's fail and looking silly or any of that stuff. Right. Because it doesn't happen near as much as the internet uh, likes to make it believe. A hundred percent. I would agree with you being a gym rat myself. There is, I've not seen it, you know, it's, it's just having, in fact, most, most of the big bulky meathead guys love it. If you talk to them, They're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's more community, you know, yeah. and so, and at the same time, it's it's kind of like an irony, right? Because people wouldn't hesitate to go up to the gym and be like, oh, there's just one of those dumb meatheads if you see this big muscular guy, which in fact is still an insult and you're dogging them. The only difference would be is that guy's not as insecure about what you're saying, right? And so mm-hmm. fortunately, if, if you're feeling neglect from like you feel like somebody's making fun of you for your weight or whatever, there's a part of you that believes it. Yeah, And so not saying that it's okay that they would be doing that if it happened, but you have to question if, if it does bother you, maybe it's time to do something about it. So you can build that skin a little bit thicker because like, if I came up to you and I said, man, you have a blue nose, you're going to look at me like I'm high as a kite. You'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, oh yeah, this dude's on drugs. Like, what is he talking about? Instead of Zoom agrees, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but at the same time, right? You, you believe at least to some degree what they're saying and that's what stings, not the fact that they're yeah. saying it. And so don't don't let something like that derail. If you if something bothers you from like a insecurity aspect and you have the ability to take the reins and, and do something about it, do it, right? Because then you can be so damn tough that it doesn't matter what they say because you can't be you can't be crushed by it. So huge. So huge. And and I think it's important because yeah, I, I do see that online. I'm like, I've never I mean, never. And and people be like to me, well, you're fit and you're used to going to the gym. Well, yeah, maybe, but still, I've never seen any no, of that. So I don't get time in there. I mean, you just yeah. hours and hours and hours. And if you haven't seen it, like, how can it happen as much as you say it happens if people that pretty much are a fixture in a gym don't see it? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I just must be I, really sneaky with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, and, or they just, you know, I mean, it, it, here's the bottom line, like the most, most gyms I've been in that I really love, it's, it's, there's no room for drama, you know, yeah. and, and, and that really is kind of how it, it's family, you know, yeah. best friend, most of my best friends are from gyms and, and that's just how it's been. And, and folks, you know, like, like Cody's saying, you know, if you're open to being friendly and, and not being, you know, feeling like you're being judged or getting, you got to get over it, it, you'll make, you'll make some really great friends yeah. and people will give you tips. Like, like, it's awesome. There's good yeah. stuff. It's yeah. fun. So tell us a little bit about your business, how you're interacting with folks, how you're helping folks. I also saw that, that your wife is is too. So yeah. for folks who are just like, maybe I want a female aspect of things to help me out too. Give us a scoop. Tell, tell us all what you guys are up to. Yeah. So we do coaching with people all across the world. So I, I did in person for many, many years, but it misses out on the fundamentals, right? So you're up there counting reps, but if really... The nutrition, the workout plan structure in itself, and the mindset are the issues. You can't do that just counting reps. So when I started doing this, it's just been, it has been a game changer for how many people I can have for outreach and hope. And that that's the name of the game. So, you know, we'll get people over in Europe, up in Canada, across the globe, Australia, the works, that we're able to help take control of their life 
and get results that truly last a lifetime. So when we bring people on, like I, I don't actually want them as a client anymore. And I mean that like a negative aspect, but yeah. if you have to pay me forever, I haven't. And so my goal is to get you to the results, teach you how to maintain it. And then if I seen you in a grocery store in three years, I would want you running up to me going, look, we can go to go together with this and, and go through that habit stacking, slowly build them up over time. Now it's in automation. You don't have to think about following a fitness plan. Now you're set up for success because if you get up every day, you have to open it and you have to go, oh, only 39 more days of this stupid plan and then I'm done. You're not set up for success versus if you have to get up and it's like brushing your teeth, you can't fail. You're never going to put that weight on again. You're set up for success. And so, you know, with, with me and my staff, we've been able to help a tremendous amount of people go through the basics, make it a lot simpler than they may have thought it was in the first place. And it, it's truly been a game changer when it comes to that. Oh man. You know, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of this. Cause yeah, I'm like you, I don't want someone to come up to me and be like, doc, I don't know what's happened to me. I want it to be like, look at me. I'm still doing great. <laughs> you know, however many years. And, and, and that's just the, the big, big, um, yeah, that's what you want. That's the, that's the beauty. And that's what we do it for. So let's tell folks where all they can find you, your website, Instagram, social, whatever, whatever you got, give us yeah, a scoop. So so I'm going to be easiest to find on Instagram, Cody Watkins Fitness on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook as well. Instagram is just a little bit more interactive. You'll get a little bit more of me there or on my personal Facebook. But for any of your listeners, I set up my freedom, food freedom program. And with this, I have some of my best works in there. You can't find it anywhere else. This is a very good step to start your new year off with a bang. So you want to learn how to do nutrition, how to do macros, how to do food. We teach that there. You want to get some badass recipes that don't taste like chicken, rice, and broccoli, we give that in there. And it will set you up with the fundamentals and the foundation to start seeing those successes. And the biggest thing is winners win and losers lose. So if you're seeing wins, you're going to keep on going. If you're losing off the gate, it's too hard, unmanageable, 90% of New Year's resolutions are going to fail within the first two weeks. You don't want to be one of those. So if, if that's something you want to kind of jumpstart your results, this is completely free. Message me on Instagram, freedom22. I'll send you a link. You'll get all the training, all the material, and set yourself up for success in 2024. Love it. Love it. Cody, thank you so much for being real, giving us the real scoop on how things are. And gosh, just great info. Love the work you're doing and can't wait to put this podcast out. Thanks again. Absolutely. It's been great. Thank you. Hey, fellow health junkie. Thanks for listening to the Health Fix Podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in, please help support me to get the word out about the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and just get that word out. Thanks again for listening.